So today we're taking a quick break from our usual podcast content and it's to tell you about a new virtual summit that I've organised but this one has a rather unusual twist. I'm a big fan of summits both as an attendee and a speaker because I learn so much from the amazing people that are there but sometimes they can get a bit long. Often it can be difficult to pick out the best bits and if you're not careful you can end up watching hours and hours of content just to get to the gold. And that's why I created a new style of summit. It's the world's shortest video summit and each contributor had to provide their best tip for making video in 60 seconds. And I can tell you, it was really tough. Contributors have covered everything from your tech setup to your voice to marketing your videos. And today I'm delighted to be joined by one of those contributors. So we've got a chance to know them just that little bit better. So the first thing that I would love for you to do is to introduce yourself and tell our friends listening a little bit about your background. Hi, Lee. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. So I'm Victoria. I'm a copywriter and copywriting coach, and it's my passion really to make great writing simple. And you may wonder what I'm doing on a video podcast if I'm a writer. Well, the fact is everything comes down to writing. I used to work in radio and you'd be surprised how much was scripted. If you write things, it just helps you get your head clear beforehand. So yeah, I teach people how to write, write copy, write social media posts, write for their blog, whatever. But I want to make it fun and I want to make it simple because what's the point if you don't? If you don't make things fun and simple, people are not going to want to do them, especially business owners when they've got so much on their plates already they're not going to want to take on extra things that they hate doing so it's my mission really to make things simple break it down to the bare bones and make it fun as well as much as I can I think that's so important though because there's so much of what we do can be hard work Mm -hmm. that's right and I worked out that if somebody has kind of a small amount of content and a small amount of social media they do for their business on average, they'll be writing 340,000 words a year. Wow. And that sounds phenomenal. And that's just from working at the average kind of website copy, the average number of a blog post a month or something like that. And then and then social media posts. And that's a lot of words. And you kind of have to do it, especially if you work on your own and you can't afford to outsource. But it doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to be painful because yeah, I've created some techniques to help people along the way. I was lucky enough to fall into writing really I never saw myself as a writer I hated writing at school I I held my hands up and admit it I used to love reading I would read all day long every day but writing when the teacher when Mrs Clark said it's time to do creative writing I'd be like oh shrivel up inside because the thought of it like just I don't know I think it was that blank page it just like terrified me I ended up going into journalism. You may think, why did I do that if I was to write? But I didn't realise how much writing would be in radio. And just kind of, because I had to do it so often and I repeated it over and over again and under pressure as well. Sometimes I'd have 30 seconds to write a news story for the news before I read the news bulletin, if it's breaking news, you know. And you, it just, when you do it continuously under pressure, you just learn. And after doing that for eight years, I then went into the corporate world and found I was kind of hailed as this writing expert. And I was like, oh, okay (laughs) and yeah it turned out it was there we are (laughs) so yeah and then since then I wrote for the CEO there and I did all sorts of things amazing things I've taught a course there and now I'm on my own teaching other people and teaching them that if I can do it anyone can because it it is just a few simple techniques and people think that you whoosh you pop out the womb and you're a writer 
like oh you're not and and they, they think they're not but it's not the case it's just like playing a piano you wouldn't need expect to pop out and be like playing Mozart's concerto in C minor would you know you have to learn and it's the same with writing it's learning the techniques and it's practice and it doesn't have to be hard so really it's a muscle that you exercise over time yes absolutely and it becomes and it's such a brilliant way of connecting because when you really start getting into your stride with it and know what you're doing and you're not so intimidated by the blank page anymore it's the way that you're connecting really meaningfully with your customers especially on email this is why I'm a huge advocate of email because it feels like I'm really connecting with my community when I talk to people on email and it's just such a lovely feeling so you know if you don't write you're going to miss out on all those amazing kind of relationships that you're going to build no that's definitely so true and it I'm really interested to know why you decided to take part in a video summit, because obviously <laughs> as a writer and a copywriter, mm-hmm. why video? Because we need writing for video as well. If you are doing video, especially if you do it the first time, you're going to need to be clear on what your messages is. Messages are, sorry. And I spent a lot of time in the corporate world and I know the business, whatever, it's about messaging. You have to be clear on your messaging. You have to be able to craft that beforehand. If you don't do that, your video will be awful because you need to be clear on what you want to get across and what you want to say that's writing that's getting your messaging down and writing it down and being clear on it you might not be writing a big long piece but you will be writing your key points down in a way that your audience is going to understand them and is going to relate to them so yeah writing is a really important part of the video process so yeah you're so right in saying that there's so much writing that's involved in the video work and I know a lot of times people will actually think that they can sit down and make a video with no prep Mm -hmm. and they'll just switch it on and go and of course you just look at the camera and go eek because it doesn't happen you have to have that prep you have to have the words and of course writing for speech and writing for websites and writing for other elements of copy it's all very different disciplines as well yeah that's right it is different but there are similar there are similarities I worked in radio yeah and going back to that kind of thing about uh, scripting you know radio or tv or whatever I don't think it's a case of necessarily scripting things it's a case of like getting down your key messages as I mentioned before and in radio I think people would be really surprised at how much is actually actually a lot of it is scripted and people will be surprised like if you have program items program cues going on that that's all completely scripted when I was at the BBC we had a bit of a clamp down because it was a bit of a scandal I think it was I think it was the kind of Jonathan Ross scandal that was going on at the time and we had a big clamp down at the BBC that everything had to be trustworthy we had to go on courses and all this which was a bit annoying but the upshot of it is everything that was for a news program everything that was news had to be scripted so when you hear those kind of oh, those fun chats between a presenter and a reporter who's out and about in a news story everyone thinks that's like that's just off the cuff it's not it was 100 scripted and in some cases it had to be legaled by the legal team and people don't realize that they think oh if i'm going to be good at tv or i'm going to be good on film if i'm going to be good on radio then i have to just be good at talking because that's what other people do no a lot of it is prep they just get really good at making it sound like it's not scripted it, it really is. It's, it's acting. Really. I mean, it, it's, it's acting, really, but it's practice as well. And uh, yeah, I remember the first time I read a news bulletin and I was literally shaking from head to toe. <laughs> I was shaking so much. My, my whole body was physically shaking. I was like this. And uh, when I was playing a news clip, the news editor was about these big heavy doors to keep the sound down. She kind of opened the door, said, slow down, put the door. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> 
so that was me. <laughs> trying to remember all because I'd done acting and drama training. So I was like, right, feet flat on the ground, deep breath. And uh, <laughs> that like everybody goes through that, you know, whether you're doing video or radio, whatever you're doing. And it's just about, it's, it's about putting the air miles in. It's about putting the practice in and you will get through it and you'll be better. But it's hard because you don't see the experts. You don't see them be, be like that. You don't see that beginning stage. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. So how did you pull off giving your video tip in just 60 seconds? Plan. <laughs> so going back to things, so plan it and structure it down. I wanted to be really clear on what I need to say. I mean, I am lucky. I have had the experience where I've had to, condense I know, two days of court cases down into 45 seconds when I was in radio so you just it is a muscle you're home but you just have to be ruthless that's the best don't you know what is the minimum you can get away with and this is what I do whenever I'm writing anyway so I will try and make things as simple as possible I will condense them and condense them as anything that doesn't need to be there it gets chucked out because people haven't got time to read loads of words. It needs to be as simple and condensed as possible. So I do try to practice that anyway. And just, yeah, what it's quite, it's quite a challenge, actually. It's quite nice because it just made you think, what can I get away with? You know, what is the minimum number of words I can get in to? And it had to be scripted, I think, at 60 seconds because it was just so tight. You couldn't, if you'd gone off the cuff, you would have just gone way over. So, yeah, it, it, in that case, it had, I wouldn't necessarily always say script your videos, but in that case, it, it did need to be. But, yeah, it was quite a challenge. I quite enjoyed it. Now, be honest. How many takes <laughs> did it need? I honestly can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's convenient. <laughs> I can't remember, but I'm not a fan of video, so it would have been quite a few. And actually, I love live. I love live. If you give me, if you ask me, do you want to do an interview live or do you want to do it pre-recorded all day long? I will say live because I will be a million times less likely to make a mistake when I'm doing it live. Isn't that it's funny? The- I do lives, but actually I prefer pre-recorded. I think because I get that opportunity to go back and do something again if I need to. Yeah. Well, that's the problem, though. That's exactly the problem, because, you know, in that little voice in the back of your head knows that you can go back. Therefore, you end up making the mistakes because you know that you can go back. When I used to work in radio and I was doing lies all the time, I would never make a mistake. I <laughs> very rarely. And when I was recording something, oh, I could not get the damn thing right, you know, just over and over and over again. And I'd drive myself mad. I was so sick of saying it. But it's almost like the adrenaline kicks in when you're live and you're like, you can't you can't mess this up you can't mess this up <laughs> so I know people are so scared of doing lives and people would say pre-recording and that would be the safety net but honestly trust me lives are easier I think it just depends on where your confidence level is because yeah. I come from a background of editing because first and foremost yeah. I was an audio editor and a VT editor so for me I've come to it from that editing perspective and presenting and doing video like in front of the camera is still quite a recent thing to me it's only in the last couple of years having avoided it for a lifetime it's only (laughs) in the last couple of years that I've done it so for me it's definitely a confidence issue Mm. I mean for you you've gone through acting training you've gone through drama Mm. training you've gone into journalism so that's a very direct route where I've kind of wandered around the outside and come in the back door It sounds like a direct route. It didn't feel like it. It was like, yeah, it felt like, oh, to be an actress. Oh, you know, I didn't want to be unemployed forever. So I ended up being a journalist, also being a fitness instructor on the side, which was a bit random. And then I ended up going to corporates and now I'm self-employed. And I'm just like, yeah, it, it didn't see, it seems a bit random. But when I look back, it does make sense. And actually I have 
learned like so much I've learned from different things like even when when I was at school and I used to play the piano and I used to be the best piano player in the school because I was the only person that took private lessons really and so therefore I was wheeled at every concert wasn't I and I used to hate it because I get I'm quite an introvert and I get very nervous and uh, I'd literally be shaking and I learned a really important lesson when I did those piano concerts because I learned that people don't see your mistakes and that I took that with me throughout my life so I used to be like oh no I made a mistake and then I'd get faster and faster and faster and just get to the end god get to the end of this thing and then I get to have to the concert and they'd say oh well done you're amazing I'm like but I made that mistake you know that awful mistake it seemed like to go on for like 10 seconds no 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 we, what mistake and nobody ever knew and that's exactly the same with video or with any most of the time nobody sees your mistakes you see them and they seem like the worst thing in the world but in reality they're not and that's a really useful thing to take you know whenever you're doing any kind of performance no I think that's gold absolutely now there is only so much that you can fit into a minute is there anything you didn't get to say in that 60 seconds that maybe a pro tip that you'd like to give the audience just now yeah one thing I'd like to say and it's kind of touching on what we've already said really and that's the importance of planning and editing and so many people get hung up and I think this is why they get intimidated by the blank page when they're writing because it's that blank page is just like staring at them taunting them and they feel like proper writers should just be able to write and my fingers will flow and it will all come off and it's been magic and that is not how writers write you know that is not how you know that's not really where the main writing is done. The main writing is done in the prep, the planning of your key points, the making sure things flow. And then also in the editing afterwards, the different stages you go through, just checking different things, checking it flows, simplify. As I said, like for the 60 second video, that's what I did. I kept simplifying and simplifying, taking out and taking out words until there's something you're happy with. The actual writing bit is a relatively small part of the process and it's nothing to be intimidated by. And I'll also another tip I'll throw in as well is if you are ever stuck and you, you know, first of all, plan it, make sure it's planned out in stages. But if you are ever stuck, just write something, anything, you know, you can write if you want. You've got my, my permission to write. Victoria Brown is a total idiot. I don't care what you write, but you just got to start getting the muscles moving and start acting and start writing something down. And then it will start flowing because you just need to start the process. And uh, yeah, because I believe in this, you know, creating the structure so much, I actually have a mini course I've created for people called Be Copy Confident, where they it takes them through step by step in less than an hour, just how to plan and how to like start off if you're scared of that blank page, because that's where so many people get stuck. They don't even write anything. Yeah, I love that because there is so many correlations there between writing copy and doing video, because 80% of the video work isn't the filming element it's the prep for it and it's the editing yeah. afterwards and yeah. it's the thing that makes a difference between it being not very good and being as good as you can make it so yeah, I, exactly. I, yeah it's absolutely spot on with that for sure so I'm interested to know as a content creator how you go about marketing your business so 
I look at kind of different parts of the marketing chain and I have a process I call fans. So I make sure my brand is in place. First of all, that's really important that I have a brand. that I know what my mission is, know what my aims are, my values, all that kind of thing. That's my foundation. Then I make sure I'm attracting people. So I use platforms like Instagram, although I am rethinking Instagram because it's a bit crazy at the moment and things like this podcast. I'm really going back to a lot of old school ways like PR and just like doing the hard work, getting out there, because I think that that's working better. So the track to the people, then I make sure I nurture them. That's a piece so many people miss. That's the kind of talking to them, my emails, but also my podcast, because I know from experience that people I've bought from and worked with are people that I've trusted through listening to their podcasts. So I have a podcast, I use email. And then obviously, then eventually I'll go on to sell them to them. But yeah, so I go through that process. I call it fans. And uh, yeah, and that's how I do it. But yeah. That's really cool. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Are you using video within your business? Oh, um, you know what? <laughs> I try and avoid it. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that to a video person. But yes, I do. Like I'm much more comfortable with audio. So my podcast is audio only at the moment. I think it's more the kind of editing the video that is like, because it's so easy to edit audio. It's so forgiving. You just can take whole chunks with video. It's a lot more tricky. So I don't do that much video and I probably should do more. And there, there, where we are. But I do, what I do do tends to be on Instagram, I guess. So I'm trying to do more reels. I love doing Instagram lives. I love Instagram lives, but I'm not really on YouTube properly. And also I obviously do video for my courses and things as well. But yeah, I've got video. I do find it quite intimidating. It's funny, isn't it? Because for some people, it would be the other way around. Really? More yeah, intimidated so. by audio? Yeah. I suppose I'm used to doing lots of audio, but I don't know. Video, people see my face. It's like, I feel quite vulnerable. Yeah. I can control like, you know, and my, my office can look like a bomb hit as well. <laughs> if I'm oh, on yes, audio. <laughs> Yeah, I, with I video, it's like, that. oh, what am I looking like? And I'm suddenly thinking, what am I looking at? What are my hands doing? I mean, there's a million things to think about. Whereas audio, all I have to think about is my voice. So it's yeah, it's easier. Although you know, you do never get used to hearing your own voice back. <laughs> I will say that it's always horrible. Everybody hates it, but you just have to deal with it. I think that's where I was going to go with it. Is if you're watching, I mean, people don't like watching themselves back on video. No, but I think the, the thing that people dislike more is hearing themselves back and mm. I think there's because there's this disconnect about the voice that you hear inside and the voice that you hear back outside because I've heard it explained that there's a resonance that comes through because you hear your voice through your bones and everything as well <laughs> so it's much deeper and more yes. resonant when you hear it on the inside and of course you hear your voice back and I know for me I just hear this really flat voweled accent and you're like ugh But I also know that, I mean, that's one of the things that held me back for a long time. But I also know speaking to other people, they're like, but I really like your accent. Yeah. Yeah, you've got a lovely accent. Yeah. Lancashire. Somebody (laughs) once said to me, you'd be really good at telling bedtime stories. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wasn't sure if they meant that I was really boring or I don't know. I mean, you're a good storyteller. We'll take it. Well, I would say, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't mind. Storytelling is something that I think is such a learning curve that we're probably never, ever perfect. Because I know at the moment I'm very much on a storytelling trail to learn to do it better. Mm. 
because I don't think it's that straightforward to do. I think you can get it wrong really easily. Yeah, yeah, it's like anything, I think. We never never quite hit the top, you know. Like you say, you never really like the sound of your own voice either, but you just learn to accept it and get a really good mic is my tip. <laughs> because honestly, everyone says, buy a cheap mic to start a podcast. Buy a cheap mic, that will do. And I'm just like, I bought it. I was, it took me two years to get my podcast started. So I thought, right, that's it. I ordered a decent mic and I was like, oh, my voice sounds okay now. No, oh, no, I definitely agree with a decent mic if you can afford it. But I always say to people, start with what you have. Yes. I mean, Today, people that are regular viewers to the podcast, of course, if you're listening, you won't see this, but regular viewers will see, I'm actually in the main studio, not in the home studio. And the difficulty with being in the main studio is today, my main microphone didn't work. So I'm actually recording this on a webcam mic, which isn't the way that I would choose to do it. But I've had to go with what I can because I'm working around Victoria's availability. Sorry. Just kind of had to, oh no, don't (laughs) apologize. But you have to work with what you have. Mm. So we'll see in the editing of this of whether the audio element of it isn't quite up to what it would normally be. But we'll sort of wait and see on that one. But to me, it was more important to speak to you Mm. and to get this recorded than to go, my mic's not working the way I want it to. You just have to go with it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Just that kind of scrappiness. It's so important because I think we use so many things like that as a chance to hold ourselves back. and it's just an excuse and we don't even realize we're doing I do it all the time now and it's just you don't realize you're telling yourself these stories and I've actually got an accountability partner that I got from a membership group and we meet regularly and it really helps me because I say something sometimes and she looks at me like Uh (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like oh yeah I'm procrastinating aren't I yeah I'm putting things off yeah no okay like stop using that as an excuse but so it's really good to have somebody to call you out on those things because we all do it yes don't we ever (laughs) so true (laughs) so I've got a couple of fun questions to finish off so say you're at a business convention Mm -hmm. who would you be most excited to meet Oh, because I'm in the creative industry and my business started kind of out of a jewellery blog that I did. I was a part-time jeweller, another random career I had. My business idol would be Holly Tucker, I think, who started not on the high street. She's so full of passion for small businesses. And I just really admire what she's built, what she's done. When she started not on the high street, I mean, if you're if you're not based in the UK, you might not know what it is, but it's basically one of the first kind of platforms for makers to come and sell things. Like nobody had heard of this. And she was like trying to get all these businessmen to invest in it. And she talks about stories. She should go to these meetings and put on a high heels and skirt because that was what was expected. And they just basically laughed around most of the rooms. And imagine going through that and just having the belief in yourself and your idea that, you know, that it's your mission, you've got to get it done and she did do it she built an amazing business and now she's out inspiring other people so I would love to meet Holly Tucker I really would that's a great answer now I was at a conference recently and nearly half of businesses are started by women which amazed me but only 15% of funding goes to female-led businesses and only one percent of VC funding goes to female-led businesses so Mm. yeah that's an absolutely brilliant one to do and it's it's a website that I've seen and I love the aesthetic of it. Mm. They've done such a good job with it. And it's a great way because it. I come from a background of 
having been in the media and then taking some significant detours, including working in elderly care, I was a chocolatier for 10 years. And Amazing. that's when I went into IT. And, you know, there's <laughs> some things in there that you go, really? And it, yeah, it did. <laughs> so I can appreciate how difficult it is for a small creator to actually compete against the John Lewis's or the Beaver Brooks or, you know, whoever else that's out mm. there. Because a solo person within a business, all of a sudden you've got so many hats on that was not what you bargained for, whether it's administrator, bookkeeper, marketer, copywriter and everything else that's going on. So things like that, just brilliant way to help people. I know. And I just you're full of admiration for everybody with a small business, because like you say, you do have to wear all the hats, which means there's always going to be something that you're not good at. There's always if you do everything, there's always going to be at least one thing that you're not good at. And you just have to find a way of doing it if you can't outsource it. So, yeah, it's and amazing. always the thing that you have to do that you really it's not your favorite thing. Yeah, and you accounts, just accounts. <laughs> Usually. I'm all right with that. I still really? do the bookkeeping now and we have an accountant. But I still look after all the bookkeeping. I'm quite happy with that. I quite like the numbers. I'm kind of sad. <laughs> but there you go. Right. Next question. Yes. What's your favourite film? Ooh, yes. You, oh, yes. See, I'm not the kind of person that likes to get pinned down in a box. So don't like. <laughs> so when I saw that question, I was like, one film, one film. What am I going to do? So I kind of got two films, but they kind of allude to a, two genres. <laughs> So that's a lot of films. <laughs> that's the way I'm getting around the question. So I would say, first of all, I love the film Moulin Rouge. For me, it brings back a lot of memories because I was working in France as a performer. And actually, uh, we did the show of Moulin Rouge out there at the time it was out. And the music is a G. And this is the main reason I love this film. Um, is that the music is absolutely genius if you know the soundtrack it's by Baz Luhrmann and it is utter genius it's just the way he's just plucked random music from popular culture and he's made it work in a film like it was meant to be there and he's created this musical it's just brilliant I love musicals so I'm that person that likes musicals I love shows I love theatre so for me I just love that film I don't like the ending though so I don't watch it that much but I do love the film because it, I don't like sad things so <laughs> if you haven't watched it sorry for the spoiler alert but yeah it's uh yeah it's a bit of a sad ending but the actual theatre of it and the story and the costumes and the the music is amazing so anything with music in anything with theatre in I love and the other film I love which is a bit different is Legally Blonde and that's because it seems on the surface like a chick flick and kind of a non-important film but the message behind it is so strong and that's no matter you know where you come from whatever your background you can do what you want to do and don't let people underestimate you because you only you have the power really to go off and do what you need to do and I'm guessing everybody will know the story of Legally Blonde but she's basically a very kind of wealthy very beautiful girl grown up with all these amazing things around her and decides that because her boyfriend dumps her (laughs) to go to Harvard that she has to follow him and suddenly she has to go into Harvard and everyone's like underestimating her because she's a blonde bimbo but she proves them all wrong and goes on to be like the most brilliant lawyer ever and again spoiler alert sorry but just yeah just every time I watch that it gets me like yes I can do it I can do it and just that message is brilliant and the same for working girl as well if you've ever seen that throwback to the 80s it's that kind of you know that feeling that you can do anything if you put your mind to it 
I think that's a really powerful message and, and a great one really to conclude on for today. So how can people connect with you? Yes, so I'm on Instagram. So feel free to come and say hello on Instagram. My handle's at the underscore Victoria Brown. Also, I've got a podcast. It's called Creative Slurp. I know it's a weird name, so I'll say it again. Creative Slurp. The idea behind it is that it's the creative juices that people need to slurp up if they've got a creative business. And there we talk about tips for creative businesses. Also, I interview other creative business owners for inspiration. So yeah, find me there. Look me up, follow and uh, yeah, just say hello and drop me a line. I'm always happy to respond to emails too, because I love email. (laughs) That's perfect, but don't video call you. No, no, not without warning, because <laughs> I, I need to carefully arrange my back and make sure all the clutter's gone. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. Thank you so much for having me, Lee. The World's Shortest Video Summit is definitely worth checking out. So there's 40 speakers in total with some excellent tips on all aspects of video. And even if you don't like a particular tip, well, you've only wasted 60 seconds. You can sign up for the summit by going to www.worldshortestvideosummit.com. Thank you for listening to the Video Production Academy podcast or watching it if you're viewing us on YouTube. I'm Lee Midlane and I've been your host for this episode. If you'd like more information, resources or free downloads, head over to the Video Production Academy at www.videoproductionacademy.co.uk. Reach out if you have any questions, queries or comments and subscribe to hear more inspiring conversations with business owners just like you who've built their business using video. Until next week, shoot for the moon.